8 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Please, please, please drive safe out there today. I believe City of Grand Junction is still on accident alert. So what does that mean? It means if you get a little fender bender, exchange your information, call the police later because they have a lot to deal with today because the roads are very nasty here in the valley. And wherever you're going, go to cotrip.org, by the way, to uh, check out the road conditions. This hour, the Jim Davis Show brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston, Preston Lee Country Financial. All right, so we'll play uh, Triple Play Record Stadium Cinema coming up a little bit. We'll go around the NFL as well. Question I have for the pile today. Now that sounds like D'Amico Ryans is out. Do you get a feeling they have anybody that's right right now the guy that they want? This does not seem like it's going to plan, does it? <laughs> with with the way this coaching search has played out. Not even at all. How much confidence have you lost in Broncos ownership because of how this has played out? Or have you lost it? Do you still like you know they're going to figure it out? They're going to get the right guy. It'll be it'll be fine. It's taking longer than most of us thought, but it'll be fine. Makes me question how they put this search together, how they've approached it. It seems like they've talked to the the right guys, but we're also hearing and they and talked get, to all the hot names at least. And and I, and I get it that you want to keep it close to the vest, but it just seems like. There's the perceptions like they don't know what they're doing or that nobody wants them. Nobody wants to coach this team. Like, you can have close to the vest, but also people can kind of see that there's a plan, right? There's somebody home beyond the lights just being on. This is close to the vest because they may not know what they're doing. And that's that's the, scary. That's the feeling I'm starting to get more and more that this concerns me. Greg Penner doesn't really know what he's doing, and it's like, well, I'm the CEO. I'm the guy that Rob put in charge. I'm making the decision here, and it just feels like this is going really, really badly. All right, so we got some thoughts on that today. Chick Fil A breakfast team phone line nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. And it's time to talk a little Montrose Red Ox girls basketball. Talking Montrose girls basketball with Coach Steve Skiff on the team. And Steve Skiff brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Montrose girls right now currently with a record of 10-5 and overall, 0-3 in the Southwestern League, trying to snap a two-game losing streak when they play at Central tonight. Steve Skiff with us. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing fine. I know this has been a, a difficult stretch for your basketball team. couple of uh, Southwestern League losses. Uh, the loss to Fruto Monument, 42-32 to last Tuesday. And then to Durango on Friday night, 44-26. to I guess just uh, what have been the challenges for your basketball team? Why have there been the struggles the last couple of games? Yeah, you know, for us, it's just uh, shots haven't been going in. You know, I the the effort's been there. You know, girls have been playing really well on defense. We felt like we've given ourselves a chance to win on the defensive end and offensively. It's just uh, 
hasn't been our night the last couple nights, uh, you know, in, in league play. But uh, we're hoping to bounce back tonight and, uh, you know, see the ball go in the basket, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the numbers. I mean, Fruita with, with Liv Campbell, that's a really talented basketball team uh, with uh, with Aaron Company. She gets on the glass. That's, that's a good basketball team. But you, you know, you, you know the benchmark's always forty points. You give up forty-two to Fruta, you give up forty-four to Durango, and you know when you look at that, you think, gosh, it's just you know, can we get some shots to fall like you were saying? Because defensively, it just looks like you're you're really right there. I mean, Mason Rowland had nineteen. You expect that she's been the leading scorer in the league this season, but you know, overall, you did a nice job of slowing down everybody else for the Demons. Yeah, we did, and. uh you know that's that's always going to kind of be our focus is is trying to slow down the other team and and you know Liv and, and Mason they're they're going to get theirs and that's what I you know told the girls going into those games I mean we're not going to shut them out by any means but we want to make them work hard for everything they get and you know offensively we're we're doing good things and we're getting good shots and, and unfortunately they're just not falling right now but uh, you know hopefully we can catch a little fire and uh, you know start putting the offense with the defense. Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose Redhawks girls basketball team with us in that uh, loss to Durango. Briar Moss, her senior, she had 10 points in that game, and then uh, Macy Oberg had six. But I think when you, know, you look at uh, your, your freshman and Macy Oberg and, you know, and, and what she's been able to do this season, Maggie Legg as well. Maggie had four points in that game. It's kind of the learning curve, right, for, for freshman players who have really good games, and they have games on occasion like Friday night where they're just not as productive offensively. Yeah, absolutely, and you know we play not only against a lot of great teams in this league, but we uh, there's a lot of great coaches in the league too. And you know they're they're scouting us, and, and they're starting to take away some of the things that we want to do. And, and so for our two freshmen, it's it's that learning curve of you know trying to figure out okay, what are they trying to take away? What can I do? What's my counter move? Um, and that's just experience. You know the the experience is something we can't replicate in practice. Um, you know Maggie comes down the court the other night, and she's got Mason rolling over. Well, you know, it's, that's your welcome to the Southwestern League moment right there. And, um, you know, Breyer continues to be very consistent for us and, and a, a, a good shooter and, you know, a good leader. And, and so, yeah, I think the first time through the league, now we've, now we've kind of seen everything and we're hoping for big improvements that, that second time through. And speaking of second time through, you're at Central tonight. Uh, the Warriors came to your place, to Lloyd McMillan, and got the 46-38 to victory a few weeks back. And that was without Christina Manzanares, who was out the injury. Uh, Bryn Wagner had a big game that night, uh, 17 points uh, to lead the Warriors to that victory over your Red Hawks. Well, the bad news for you, Steve, is that Christina Manzanares is back, and she's playing really well right now. She is. She is back, and she is um, playing extremely well. And You know, the, the, the tests never get easier. And that's what, that's the, the fun thing about playing in a league like the Southwestern League is each and every night is going to be another challenge. You know, we uh, we had a big two big challenges last week, and, and here we go to open the week at Central, and that's always a tough place to play. And Coach Stone has got them playing really well, but they just have so many weapons. You know, Brent's playing well, Christina's playing well, Alex is is doing her thing. So, um, you know, they they just have a lot of things that you have to prepare for, and and uh, you know, hopefully we can just go down there and give it our best and see what happens. They lost that game in Durango, forty five thirty nine, but since then. Uh, they've picked up a league win against Grand Junction. Uh, they're on a three-game winning streak. Wins against Palisade and Eagle Valley in there as well. And we, we've talked about defense with your team, Steve, that for uh, Mary Doan and Central, they've been really good defensively. They they held Junction to 20 points, Palisade to 34, Eagle Valley to 32. They have been really good on the defensive end as well. 
They really have, and, and you know they're not the biggest team in the world, but they make up for it with uh, great basketball IQ. I mean, they're going to get passing lanes. They're they're going to make you work on the offensive end, and, and if, if you make a mistake, they're going to make you pay for it. And that's the thing that, you know, we kind of talked about last night at practice is, is we just have to be, you know, kind of fundamentally sound in what we do and um, execute our offense. And But they have. Defensively, they – they uh, are definitely a, a force, and they, they all five play together, which is which is tough to uh, get past sometimes. All right, so we'll have the Montrose Red Ox, both boys and girls at Central tonight, along with uh, full-court coverage of Grand Junction at Fruit Monument. You can catch all that action tonight on our full-court coverage, brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. Pre-games at 5.15, and then uh, we'll be bouncing back and forth between uh, both locations tonight. And if you're in Montrose, you can catch uh, the Montrose Red Ox taking on Central tonight on 102.1 FM right here on the Team Sports Network. Once again, coverage starts at 5.15 tonight. Steve, I appreciate it. Good luck tonight against Central. All right, thanks. Appreciate you having me on. Take care. Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose Girls basketball team. Once again, for the folks in Montrose, we have our Highway 50 games of the week, which tonight is Delta at Rifle, uh, pregame at 5.45 with Mark Cantor. But you can catch Montrose tonight once again. It is our basketball version of Red Zone, if you will. And we'll we'll go back and forth between Fruta and Central tonight with all that action right here on the Team Sports Network. Once again, it starts at 5.15 with pregame tonight. All right, so text or call the show. Do you feel like the Broncos front office just, they just don't have a plan right now? Or it seems like they had a plan and they keep getting no from D'Amico Ryan's from from maybe Sean Payton doesn't sound like Sean Payton has given them a hard no at this point in time. So we've got some thoughts on that today. Nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. I just know that. Oh, well, that's embarrassing. It's been it's been embarrassing for the Broncos so far. And so let's talk about Greg Pinner, who made the trip out to Ann Arbor. Uh, did this last week. Sat down for a face to face with Jim Harbaugh. Let us remind you that. Remember Jim Harbaugh had informed the Broncos and had tweeted it out. Uh, Santa Ono, the president of Michigan, had also indicated that Jim Harbaugh was coming back to coach the Wolverines in 2023. And according to a source, and this is through The Athletic and Nick Cosminder, that Harbaugh reiterated his desire to stay at Michigan. So, for Greg Pinner, was it just... Was Jim Harbaugh? Well... Was it Penner going out there to try to get Harbaugh to change his mind? Was it, well, we talked in in person to everybody else. We didn't with Jim Harbaugh. He was the only candidate we talked to on a Zoom call. I've got time on my schedule to fly to Ann Arbor. Sure, why not? To have him tell me, no, I'm still not interested in the job. I'm just just kind of curious. If he turned them down... If you're Greg Penner, why are you going there? Now, Nick Cosminder mentions, well, maybe just doing the due diligence because they had talked to everybody else in person. But why would you go talk to a guy that's already told you no? You have to firmly believe that he's playing hard to get right. and not just a no. But that's a tricky line to to try to play, right? Because now... Anybody else you interview going forward, they're going to be the second choice, and they know it. So who's going to want to come in for that, right? What top-tier candidate that you haven't talked to yet, even if there is one, is going to come in and be like, 
you know what? I'm their guy. No, no, it's Jim Harbaugh's their guy, but I'm available. And who's going to want to interview for that? On top, that's not even counting the, is Russell Wilson fixable? Is this offense fixable? We have no draft capital. All the other challenges. All the other challenges. Offensive line that's going to need to be reconstructed. You're going to be, at best, the second choice for this ownership group if unless they hire Jim Harbaugh. And really, they might be third behind Harbaugh and Peyton. And we talked about it last hour. There's all sorts of ego involved with these guys. And not being first is going to rub some people the wrong way. You didn't want me. You didn't want me. You settled for me. And then, if somebody does take the job, I feel that every time Michigan has a close scrape on a Saturday, that guy's going to be like, oh, man, I'm not going to be here next year. Jim Harbaugh is going well, to come Well, things are not going well. If you if you're going things yeah. are going well in Denver, you're not going to worry about Harbaugh. If things are going badly, you're right. That's going to be well. They mm-hmm. they they actually flew out and talked to him but last year. But you're not going to and they've already shown the propensity to throw throw a coach under the bus. Fire a coach in the middle of his first season, you know. So you got like four or five of those axes swinging in the room right when you see some of those horror movies, which I, I don't know if that happens because I don't watch them, but they're swinging and they can just slice you up like an Indiana Jones movie. You got four or five of those already flying around just to take the job. Who wants to go through that? And it's just now a question of what what is the direction? Is, is it Sean Payton still? I don't know. I have no, I have no, I have no feeling about where where they are with Sean Payton, outside of Sean Payton saying that he expects to make some kind of announcement this week. Okay, it's Tuesday. There's still a lot of week left. But you think he, the people at Fox are going like, you know, get right up to the Super Bowl since it's the CBS yeah. Super Bowl. Can, can, can get you right up? Or no, it's Fox. Super no, it's Fox Bowl. Super Bowl. Oh, so make a decision this week. That's why he's saying that. Make the decision this week because next week's the Super Bowl and we have that. We got content we need yeah. to focus on that has has nothing to do with you, right? And your poss- the possibility you could be leaving Fox and coaching someplace, yeah. maybe Denver, You'll do it maybe in the not. Game show. We'll sit I, down with Jay Glazer. I, I mean, look, Harbaugh checked off a lot of boxes in terms of a guy that won in the NFL mm-hmm. that was going to bring. The took run, the, the crappy Colts, not the good Colts, the Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. Took the crappy Colts to the playoffs. Yes. As a quarterback. As a quarterback. Almost beat the Chargers one year. Yeah. The year they went to the Super Bowl, I think. And obviously got the Colin Kaepernick Niners to the Super Bowl. Lost to his brother, John. Mm-hmm. As a coach. As, as a coach and has had success. Back-to-back college football playoffs with Michigan. And so he, he checks hey, the boxes that? of experience and success in the NFL and college. Guy's going to bring a mentality of a strong running game. Certainly is a guy that's willing to, I think, bring in good people. May not last very long, mm-hmm. but a, a guy that's more the CEO type of head coach that Greg Penner's looking for. The only problem is it doesn't sound like Jim Harbaugh is interested right. in filling that job vacancy. And he's got some bigger drawbacks, I think, and this is not hatred. This is objective. I think he's got bigger drawbacks than a lot of your other candidates. He seems to rub people the wrong way more than most coaches. There's a shelf life for him. And speaking of shelf life, that rolls right into my other point. 
How long is he going to be there? This is his longest stop in his career, and it's seven years, eight years. You know, he's four and done, five and done, four and done. That's that's usually what he does as he moves on about the country, like he works for Southwest Airlines. And so how long is he going to be there, and is he going to piss off enough people in the organization that they're going to want out? But also, when, when I talk about Pinner going out to Ann Arbor, Harbaugh could have easily said, Greg, I appreciate you wanting to come out. But yeah, we don't I, know how the meeting. Went. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm speculating here because you would you would make you would contact him right? Say hey, I'm going to be in town. Can I sit down and talk with you? And you know why he's going to town? Mm-hmm. It's not like just he just wants to catch up. Because no one chat goes with Jim to Harbaugh. Ann Arbor on purpose. Exactly. And so, part of me is thinking, Harbaugh saying, "Come and woo me, come and convince me, convince me why I should be the Broncos' next head coach." Sit across the, the table from me and convince me, Greg Penner. Mm-hmm. So to me, that still says that Harbaugh does have some interest in the job. Otherwise, if you're just you're committed and you know and all the tweets, everything, you know how committed he is to Michigan. Why would you still take that meeting? Right. After you had already said, "Nope, I'm staying here because that's the world of being a college football coach, being interested in an NFL job." Nick going back to Nick Saban wanting to leave Miami to go coach at Alabama mm-hmm. that you can't trust what anybody says. No, this all of or what they tweet. things are very much the what else is he supposed to say type stuff. I don't get the feeling that and this may just be a little bit of Jim Harbaugh hate. I can't take him at his word. I just do not feel he's very genuine. No, I I don't because disagree with that. Because he's interviewing for jobs every year. Uh, Vikings didn't want me. I'm coming back to Michigan, baby. We're going to run it back. And he took a meeting with Greg Penner after he tweeted out that he's going He's going to stay at Michigan. Yeah. The, the university president tweeted out that Harbaugh, they had spoken he was going to stay there. So, And Harbaugh had a, a quote or a statement at the end of that release even. So, I mean, it wasn't like Santa Ono spoke out of turn. Right. You know, it was an agreement they had, and they a release. Had a, they had a conversation yeah. about... Harbaugh staying at like Michigan. Like an on-the-record conversation, yes. too. So that's that's even more. And if I'm the president of Michigan, I'm the athletic director, I'm like, dude, come on. I suppose the relationship is not, not great with him and Harbaugh. Uh, Jim Harbaugh alienates people? What, what, what a Film shock, at 11. Know. You know, it's like, come on, man. You're in or you're out. He's, got, he's standing in the doorway like a tornado's Absolutely. coming through. All right. Jim and the Buckeye Boy today going around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. Uh, a tweet from Johnny Venable, who apparently covers the Arizona Cardinals, that Sean Payton met for seven-plus hours at the team facility with the Cardinals. Met with all the team's top brass, had lunch with GM Monty Ford, and then was seen leaving with team president and owner Michael Bidwell in the same vehicle. Carpooling, smart. Probably no. smart. Gas prices so, in Arizona, probably not the do greatest. We, do, we, do we take that as... Well, there's some interest in on both parties there when they're leaving in the same vehicle. That's that's what's incredibly hilarious about all this. Yeah, see, I need a little more. Like, where did the car go? Right. Did it go to the airport? That's maybe not a good sign. Did it go to Bidwell's house? Did it go to a resort? Did it go to like talking stick or whatever? You know? Did they go down to a casino? They go take in a 
Arizona State basketball? Like, where did they go? If they went to the airport and, you know, they gave a little bro hug and Sean Payton flew back to L.A., that's a little different than they went to Bidwell's house for dinner and talked even more. I need more than this. One more thing. This is from Pro Football Talk. Mike Florio, he's got an idea on this Mm -hmm. of why Denver hasn't got their coach yet. That maybe the uh, Penner Walton folks aren't willing to pony up the cash like we thought they would. That they're being a little little cheap. Being a little uh, Walmart frugal. Mm -hmm. Been spending too much time talking to John Elway. That that seems to be the feeling that Florio's getting is that when it comes to when it comes to player coach's salary, mm-hmm. they're not willing to they're not willing to pay what what some of these guys think they're worth. That's also not going to endure you to a lot of candidates. No, it's not. No, it's not. Especially chasing Jim Harbaugh all across the country, <laughs> and then your salary is nine hundred thousand dollars. All right, eight twenty one coming up later on. We'll have Triple Play Record Stadium Cinema. We'll take a break. Coming up next, the Fruit of Monument Athletic Hall of Fame is coming up February 7th. We're going to speak with Jack Beach, a close friend of the late Danny Doyle, a state championship golfer that will go into the Fruit of Hall of Fame posthumously coming up on February 7th. We'll have that next on the Jim Davis Show. Craptastic. That's just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, A24. Jim along with Buckeye Boy. Back from his trip to St. Martin's, where he had a phenomenal time, and I'm so glad you and Karen had a, a wonderful time there. It was there. a blast. All right, so coming up February 7th, Fruita Monument High School. They'll have this year's class of inductees for their Athletic Hall of Fame. And uh, joining us right now on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, by the way, our conversation with Jack Beach brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Jack Beach joins us. Jack, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Jim? Doing fine. Now, Jack was close friends with Danny Doyle, and Danny Doyle is the inductee, and uh, Jack was the one who nominated Danny Doyle to go into the Fruita Wildcat Hall of Fame. Danny, a tremendous uh, high school golfer, uh, state individual champion, 82 and 83. Uh, was also a member of the state championship basketball team, a teammate of mine on that team. Uh, Runner-up of the state golf championship as an individual, 83-84. And then the uh, team golf championship, they were the runner-up in 82-83. Played baseball, letterman in basketball and baseball, three-year letterman in golf, and was going to go to the University of Arizona before he passed away. And they were the national champions that year in college golf. So, Jack, uh, when we talk about Danny Doyle, a guy that you knew very, very well, and uh, like I said, a guy that I played basketball with at Fruta, that uh, tremendous athlete, tremendous golfer, and I'm just so glad that you nominated him. Uh, talk about your, you know, your relationship with with Danny because uh, he was a guy, like I said, you know, great character, funny guy, but also just one heck of an athlete as well, and a tremendous golfer. Oh yeah, absolutely, and and the thing about Danny is he brought the best out in everybody around him when it came to athletics. You know, he, at an early age, he taught us all kind of how to practice, how to put, you know, your best foot forward. And, and then just as a person, you know, he'd do anything for you. Um, thanks for a wild young man, but, uh, uh, when it came to athletics and anything else, it, it was 100%. He was a fierce competitor and uh, a heck of a good friend. So, how long, I mean, going back, I mean, how many years did you know Danny, Jack? I mean, when did you guys start 
when were your friends? Did it go back to elementary school? I mean, kind of take uh, us on how yeah. long that relationship uh, was between the two of you. Yeah, so my brother Rex and Doug were uh, best friends, you know, growing up. And so Doug brought Danny around. I think I was four years old when I first met Danny. And so kind of, yeah, lifelong friends for sure. What's some of your favorite memories of Danny? Didn't that maybe not necessarily on the golf course or anything like that, but just some of your favorite memories of, of Danny? Oh, geez, there's so many. He was just, uh, you know, just one of those guys that made you laugh. He brought, he, I, you, you could go down to, you know, but this was back in the days when you could go to the any field and fruit and there was kids there playing something, you know, and, and it was, I just recall the pickup games of either football or cream the carrier or whatever it may be. And you, you wanted to be on Danny's team, especially in those sports were physical because he would, he would lay you out, you know, he, <laughs> He, he never had no back off at all when it came to playing anything, and I, I just really respect the way he, he lived life, you know. Fun. Jack Beach joining us today. He's the one inducted, um, or he's the one who turned in the uh, the paperwork to uh, induct Danny Doyle into the Fruit of Monument Wildcat Hall of Fame. Uh, Danny Doyle, state championship golfer in 82-83, uh, was a member of the, uh, the runner-up team that year as well that uh, finished in second place for the state golf championship a couple of years of that uh for the wildcats now for you as far as danny how did danny get into golf kind of can you can you take us through that a little bit jack i know you didn't play golf but uh do you know how danny got got involved in the game i i do and it seemed awful odd that a bunch of us because he was so physical and everything he did but um his christmas his eighth grade year his dad bought him a set of golf clubs and i i remember distinctly Danny saying I'm going to play golf in high school and we're all like you've never even swung you know I mean I think he played a few times in seventh grade but he started late and and by the time he was uh, a sophomore he was a state champion but I I know it was his eighth grade year he got golf clubs from his dad for Christmas and that's what started that off yeah he won the junior PGA qualifier tournament played at Augusta National finished in the top 10 there so I mean along with just an incredible high school golf career and what I'm sure would have been an incredible college golf career as well at the University of Arizona of uh, you know he had it was an impressive resume that he put together on the golf course so uh, what about baseball and I know basketball like I said he was a two-year letterman he was a teammate of mine on the, on the state championship team uh what about his baseball background can you take us through that a little bit yeah I, I didn't play with him but I, I talked to some of his friends and I he played uh second base and shortstop and um Depending on what Matt Hyde was doing, I believe they kind of bounced back and forth at those two positions. And then uh, I know he had a real high batting average. I don't know what it was, but he was successful. You know, Danny was Danny. Was Danny. He was going to be good at whatever he did. Um, you know, our senior year, he came out for football after golf got over. And just to tell a quick story about that, he, we played some two. We He had to have 10 days of contact. So we did two a day so we could get him into the games early, <laughs> earlier. So, and then that fell through because the district said we couldn't do back-to-back practices. It had to be 10 full days. But um, he ended up being our kick returner, our punt returner. He played safety, and then we implemented a few plays just to get him involved because he was that kind of athlete. He was a game changer. We lost so much talent to your class that we had to do something, you know. Well, you, you guys, the cupboard wasn't entirely bare. You guys had some really talented players that were still hanging around there as well, Jack, including yourself. Uh, we're talking about the late Danny Doyle, who go into uh, 
the uh, Fruit of Wildcat Hall of Fame uh, posthumously February 7th. And you know, with Danny, obviously, the, you know, he died at a young age, uh, the accident at Lake Powell. I mean, that's just a young man that uh, had so much promise, such a, you know, such a fun-loving guy. It's so sad that, you know, that, that summer before he was going to go you know, play golf at the University of Arizona, he tragically died at Lake Powell. Yeah, and that's what's going to be tough on on uh, the seventh is you're going to hear the accolades and accomplishments of so many of the athletes that went on to college, and uh, sadly we won't hear that about Danny. But um, I know they would have been unbelievable. He was he just didn't uh, he wouldn't quit. You know, I if he would have had to figure out to get to the next level, Danny Doyle would have figured out how to do so. So yeah, that's going to be the rough part on on Tuesday. Well, I, I, for you, Jack, I imagine you're going to be out there. I would imagine for that, correct? Oh, absolutely, and that's kind of what's cool. Um, I've gotten contacts from people all across, you know, all the Shane Unford's, I, I believe, coming from Arizona. There's people going to be coming from a lot of places, and I'm, I think our class is going to be really well represented Tuesday night. I would, wouldn't be surprised to see 40 or 50 of them in the, in the stands, so that'll be pretty neat. And uh, I believe we're going to talk with Shane Unford about Danny's golf career coming up on, on Thursday, so uh, looking forward to talking with with Shane about that, but Jack, I really appreciate you nominating uh, Danny because he's certainly worthy of it. He's one of the greatest golfers in Fruit of Monument history, and uh, like I said, the, the the promise, the career that he was going to have as a college golfer. It's uh, unfortunate we didn't get to see that, but uh, I'm so glad you you're recognizing uh, your friend uh, and, and his memory and, and his legacy uh, Tuesday night, February seventh. When uh, Fruta takes on Montrose, uh, that's when the inductees this year will be uh, uh, will be out there for the uh, Fruit of Monument uh, Wildcat Hall of Fame and, of course, those representing uh, those that are, of course, sadly no longer with us. Jack, I appreciate the time. Great catching up with you. It's It's been too long, but uh, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thank you, Jim. You do a great job, so thanks for supporting all the kids in the Valley. Well, thank you, Jack. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. Jack Beach, a uh, longtime friend of uh, the late Danny Doyle, who will go into the Fruta Monument Wildcat Athletic Hall of Fame. All right, and we plan on being out there for that uh, on Tuesday by the way, when uh, Fruita Monument takes on Montrose. We'll have that right here on the Team Sports Network. All right, 8.33, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today. And uh, we are, by the way, these interviews with uh, whether it's been Brian Rush or uh, Sonny Runcel Hansen or Dean Hall or mm-hmm. Rich Paris, all those interviews are on our website, and that's at theteam1340.com if you want to catch into the interviews uh, with the folks going into the uh, Wildcat Hall of Fame. All right, 833, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today. Text or call us 970-242-1340. Have you lost confidence in the Broncos in their coaching search? Lost confidence in Greg Penner and how they're handling this? Got one from Evan from Grand Junction. Seems Denver has a plan, but no coach wants a part of it. Starting to get to the point of being embarrassing. Really hope we have a good resolution soon. From Jared see the Broncos head coaching search has me believing there are too many chiefs in the ownership group no pun intended out of who's left that might be the option I think that I'd take Jerry Rosberg on being honest and uh, Cody Rourke thinks that's what the Broncos should probably start thinking about is that Jerry Rosberg at least for now wouldn't be maybe maybe it's Jiro Vero stays on as defensive coordinator he learns from from Rosberg Mm -hmm. Eventually, he's the head coach. He's the head coach in waiting, so to speak. And maybe that's that's the direction they need to go here. 
man, that's a that's a huge. That seems like Plan settle. C, doesn't it? Or Plan that's a D? Huge letdown. Considering you're talking about bringing in Sean Payton, mm-hmm. you're talking about bringing in Jim Harbaugh. You can double it up, and it's Dan still Quinn, mean. Dan Quinn. Right. With all due respect, and no offense to Jerry Rosberg, you can double him up. He's a tremendous mean. guy. He's a, I, I think he's an incredible coach. And, that's a massive settle, John. Yeah. That's not what you're expecting if you're a Broncos that's fan. last resort for me. That is looking around going, well, we have to hire somebody. Exactly. And that's not great. That doesn't speak well for your organization. That the ownership's first hire as a head coach is, I guess it's this guy. You know what I mean? Because right. that is a massive letdown. It just it feels like it's Plan D. Yeah, it's not, it's not even Plan C. May not even be Plan D. Right. Because you'd have Dan Quinn ahead of that. Certainly, obviously, Peyton Harbaugh, uh, D'Amico Ryan's. Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't you put Raheem Morris ahead of Jerry Rosberg, a guy that's been a coach in this league? Wouldn't I would you have to. Yeah. Jim Caldwell. I mean, even though I know Broncos fans, those names don't do anything for them. And, and for some reason, I guess just Jerry Rosberg and the, the way he handled things at the end of the season, he does seem to resonate with Broncos country better than you would think. Mm-hmm. I think there would not be there would be an, there would be an outcry, but there would be well, yeah, but gosh, he did. He seems like a cool guy. He did a good job at the end of the season. But it's still not Sean Payton. It's not Jim Harbaugh. It's not. It's not what you were being sold if you're a Broncos fan, which was the best of the best are going to come in here and coach this football team. Nothing but the best is what we're looking for here. And it doesn't seem like that is the case. No, a couple of the worst defensive performances of the season in those last two games. Yeah. You know, and if not for a coaching miscue on Brandon Staley's part, (laughs) who knows what happens. Against it. I don't know. I that's just. I mean, you can spin it to be a positive, but at this point in the I, process, it's not. But it's gonna be tough to sell that. It's gonna be really tough. No. All right, let's get to Triple Play Records Stadium Cinema. New your sports TV shows and movies. Let's play Stadium Cinema on the team. All right, up for grabs today. The usual downtown double play with Triple Play twenty dollar gift certificate to our friends at Triple Play Records and a small antipasto salad. Courtesy of our friends at Junction Square Pizza. First to identify this sports movie. Six, four. Let's go, gentlemen. Find another gear. They do know they're supposed to be running, right? First correct (laughs) text answer on the Chick-fil-A text line, 970-242-1340. Gets the downtown double play with triple play. Take a break. We'll come back with more on the Team Sports Network. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the team. Welcome back, 840. Jim and the Buckeye Boy. Coming up next hour, it's Mav Day. We'll talk with uh, the notorious MDG, Mike DeGeorge, coach of the Maverick men's basketball team, Taylor Wagner as well. And next hour, we'll get some else qualified for our Big game table giveaway at Buffalo Wild Wings. Chance to win a shareable appetizer and get qualified for a table for six. 50 wings at a Buffalo Wild Wings at Mason Mall for the big game. Don't forget, we will have Super Bowl 57 on the Team Sports Network. 
February 12th. All right, 841, Jim along with Buckeye. Do we have a uh, winner yet for Triple Play Records Stadium Cinema? Yes, we do. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Kyle uh, Rothlob, I believe that's how you say that. First win in over a year. Correctly identifying Invincible, the Invincible Papale movie. With uh, Marky Mark, pants on Mark Wahlberg. Playing the one-time what semi-pro football player that gets yeah. his crack at playing for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And Vince Papali. Yes, and then, uh, yeah, because the Eagles in the Super Bowl. You may have heard. Yes, yeah, so v- quite a few storylines. Yeah, I didn't listen yesterday. And, I don't know if you guys and, talked about it. Andy Reid gets to go up against his former team. Fifth coach ever to do that. First... Uh, Black quarterbacks to match up in the Super Bowl. First brothers to play against each yes. other in the Super Bowl. And the Kelsey boys. I love that. Saw a lot of that this weekend because there's a mo- there's a collage. It's a picture montage. It's a collage. Of all of them growing up in their Hutch Cleveland Browns Bernie Kosar jerseys. Which was pretty awesome because they're Cleveland guys. Have you seen the picture of uh, Mama Kelsey? Yes, I have. It's got the combination yep. Chiefs-Eagles jersey. Yeah. That I like what Travis Kelsey said. Mom, mom's gonna be happy either way, <laughs> right? Because there's no loser, really. So one of them is going to win. Mm-hmm. Coming up on February twelfth. If I'm the parents, I flip a coin, and the coin flip winner gets to ride home with the winning child, and the loser has to go with the losing child. You know, at least have a parent around. You lose the biggest game of your life. You know, you have a parent with you. I think the guys will be okay, though. I think they'll be okay. The Kelsey brothers. Yeah. Whoever whoever ends up losing, they'll be whoever okay. loses will have one fewer Super Bowl ring than the other, which is at all not going to come up. I don't think on the next taping of their podcast. <laughs> Probably Especially not. Especially if it's Jason. If the Eagles win, oh man, alive! I want I, appointment listening because he's he a little dominate, bit of a potster. He, he will uh, dominate Travis in oh, that. Absolutely, he will absolutely dominate him. We didn't get to this. In around the NFL, but uh, Brock Purdy completely tore his UCL. He gone. So he's going to have to undergo Tommy John surgery. Best, best, best case scenario. Back week one. Probably not going to happen. Yeah. So if you're the Niners now, what do you do? Because he seems like he's the future of this team. They don't really feel like they're ready to hand anything over to Trey Lance. Yeah, and and so, what do you do? Because should Trey Lance? I mean, right now it's it's unlikely that he'll be traded at, the, at mm-hmm. this moment because of Purdy's injury. Because you know what's going to happen with Garoppolo. Garoppolo is going to be a free agent. Yeah, I doubt he's going to stay there. Because why would Garoppolo go back to San Francisco just to eventually probably get benched for Brock mm-hmm. Purdy? Yeah, he's going to want to go someplace else where he's the unquestioned QB one and. There's plenty of quarterback-thirsty teams out there. And so the the athletic, they have a few here of options. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady grew up a a Niners fan. He's going to be a free agent. You know what that does? That opens up a landing spot for Jimmy G. Exactly. Aaron Rodgers could be traded. It's entirely possible. I don't think he really wants to go back home. I don't yeah, think that's to, really back, important. Back, back to the Bay Area? Yeah, to Captain Ayahuasca. 
Derek Carr, Fresno State guy, California guy. Yeah. But bring in Devontae Adams, add him. <laughs> but, do, but do the Niners really want him? Because if they like Brock Purdy, I mean, Derek Carr to me, Brady's a short-term, one-year answer. Mm-hmm. Rodgers is probably a couple of years. Yeah. Derek Carr's longer term than that. Right. If you're, if you're going to go get Derek Carr, he's going to be your quarterback. He's farther down the list. Yeah. And then, like and I said, at that if, point, I'd just keep Jimmy G. But Garoppolo is probably going to want to go someplace where he is the starter. Boom. Well, no, absolutely. That's what I mean. If yeah. if you're going to think about bringing in Derek Carr, he's a long term option. And if you're going to do that, then at that point, just keep Jimmy G, a guy that's proven to get you to the cusp. Assuming Jimmy G wants to stay. Assuming he wants to stay. But if if you tell him you're the guy, you're the long term guy, then he's more apt to listen. Now. If Purdy and Lance are still in the conversation, then if I'm Jimmy G, I'm out. I don't want to do this again. But remember, Trey Lance was the guy until he had the the foot injury. That's what I mean. Yeah, and 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 so what do, what do they do? This is this will be an there interesting were three decision. Different the guys yeah. for the Niners in five months, and they played four different quarterbacks. Yeah, and so what is what will John Lynch do? What will Cal Shanahan do moving forward? I mean, they 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 traded up to get Trey Lance. Yeah. He was going to be the answer until he got hurt, and then Jimmy gets hurt, Mm -hmm. and then Brock Purdy lit the world on fire. I think if they move Trey Lance, they're going to have to change his name. He's going to be Trade Lance. (laughs) Trade Lance, yes. By the way, this hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat with him and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. Financial. All right. Here's here's a weird um, okay. thing. Sorry, before we jump in. If you're Denver, do you call about Trey Lance to be your backup? Possibly. Let him. I mean, I know it's six years, right? And you don't really want to have him take over when he's 30. But if Russ doesn't play the life of the contract, at least Trey Lance has got a chance to sit, learn, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I just... Kind of that, that's a possibility. I, I I think it's unlikely, but yeah. I can see where you're going with it, though. Yeah, I'm thinking. But but what are they going to offer? I mean, they he's going to have value. Other teams are going to right. be interested in Trey Lance. You can have the miles we've accrued flying back and yeah. forth to try to get Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, getting the can I can I have your yep. frequent flyer miles? Get those American <laughs> Advantage miles. Thank you very much. Priority boarding group one, baby. <laughs> All right, it's time for Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, start things out with first down. Cincinnati Bengals linebacker Jermaine Pratt had a very strong reaction to Joseph Osai's game-changing penalty during the FC Championship game when he hit Patrick Mahomes out of bounds. Yep. Oh, Mahomes flopped. Well, he did hit him out of bounds. Come on. He did. And he was also on a bad wheel to begin with. Yeah. Pratt was captured on a video having an angry outburst over the unnecessary roughness penalty that put the Chiefs in field goal range to win 23-20. Pratt has responded by defending himself as a teammate and blaming the heat of the moment for the reaction. Because the rest of his te- the Osai's teammates defended mm-hmm. him vehemently. Pratt saying, look, I, I was not a great teammate in that moment. Good for him to fess up to that. Yeah, and like I've seen a lot of both sides of this argument online it's not a zero sum right both things can be true like he's a bad teammate at the time 
and he was frustrated at the time. He's also not wrong with the original statement. Like, how do you hit a guy out of bounds? Patrick Mahomes was well out of bounds. Yeah. And then you can come to your teammate's defense like, it's a tough bang-bang play. You're moving so fast. You have this small field of vision. Like so Ross Tucker was, was, was on the sideline inconsolable. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, he... Like, all of these things can be true. Absolutely. And and you could be a jerk at that moment and not be a horrible, terrible teammate mm-hmm. forever. Just a bad teammate at that moment. And also not but, be wrong. And not be wrong because that reaction to me, what, what are you doing? Right. We're going to... You just cost us the game by your, doing what you did. Your chance at a championship is over on that play. Yeah. Let's give Jermaine Pratt a little grace, okay, on this thing. Yeah. He can have a reaction like that and not be wrong, right. but then later go, like, I need to support my teammate. It was a terrible thing that happened. You know, now we have to find a way to, to bounce back. I'll give him a pass on the origination of the controversy and then, you know, kind of give him the hat tip of owning up to it. Yeah. If you can, if you if you fess up, if you admit that you did wrong, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. All right, second down. Looks like that uh, Bubba Watson is joining the Live Golf Tour. Here's his reason why. Not that it was the 50 million guaranteed or anything like that that yeah. he's getting. That his 10 year old son had been watching Live Golf because you know, remember it's a, they play on teams, uh-huh. and he recognized the team names, and so. He said that's the reason why he signed. His kid knew the Live Golf Tournament team names. He recognized that his 10-year-old kid and feared that's the place he needed to be. And the $50 million had nothing to do with it. Not but at the, all. It was about brand recognition, right? That his 10-year-old son even knows the names of the teams in the Live Golf Tour. Of course, he's got to be part of it. Right. And $50 million had nothing to do with it. $50 million had absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with it. Uh... We've kind of grazed into something ridiculous right there. Another thing that's ridiculous, Josh Allen not playing in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Fine, that's his progress. Tyler Huntley will forever go down as a 2022 <laughs> Pro Bowler. In the, fl- in the flag football game. is just absolutely kind of stupid. Well, right? that's, that's, why it? it's, that's why it's stupid. It's, it's why are they even... Even if it's a flag football game, why? Why, why even... I just... The Pro Bowl thing to me is just an just just stop it, stop it NFL, stop playing the Pro Bowl. Whether it's flag football, pseudo tackle football, whatever. Yeah. Why? Absolutely. And fourth down, this one is uh, pertains to my vacation. This could be a whine about it Wednesday. I just can't let it go that far. Okay. If uh, if you're gonna build an airport from scratch, can you put the customs return to country? A little bit closer to the gates. Some people coming from the Caribbean that haven't really had to do much exercising the last week. You put a little closer, please. I don't need to get in all of my day's worth of steps in your airport just trying to re-enter the country I'm originally from. That's all. That's, that's all. Sounds to me that somebody needs to uh, be a little more dedicated to their workout regimen. That, not me. <laughs> you know that. I mean, that's just I'm just I'm just saying. Right. We don't need to walk to Daytona. To get back into the country when we land in Miami. I'm just saying. Don't need to walk all the way to Gainesville. Would Karen be complaining about this? No, she wouldn't. Because she got there like 30 minutes before I did because she walks a lot faster. Sounds like a you problem. She's back in the country almost a full day before me. (laughs) See you when you get home. I'll leave the front door unlocked. All right, 853.
That was not a lot of fun. Neither was sleeping overnight or trying to sleep overnight in Miami's airport. She had to sleep in the airport? We had an overnight layover. So it was scheduled that way. We didn't get canceled or delayed. Oh, okay. But it was scheduled that way. And then we're kind of sitting there trying to zone out. But they had the lights on as bright as they could be. And then people on the overnight layover, you know what? Use your earbuds. I don't need to listen to four separate phones playing things at once. Just use your earbuds. Come on. Think of somebody else. Think of me. Think of me when you're do- trying to do this. You are the one that really matters in this deal. But see, you could have got some steps in during that period of time. You could have got a little more extra workout in. Nope. And you wouldn't have had to listen to any of that. Went to the bathroom a couple times. Tried to find the subway that was open, but I was done. I went like I walked maybe three gates down. I'm like, eh, screw it. Turn around, come back. Yep. I'm out. Uh, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. All right. So next hour, it's Mav Day. We'll talk with Colorado Mesa men's basketball coach Mike DeGeorge, also women's coach Taylor Wagner. And uh, just a quick reminder, by the way, that tomorrow night we'll be at the Blue Moon from 5 until 6 o'clock. It's our Colorado Mesa football signing show. We'll talk with local players that are signing with the Mavericks tomorrow. We'll have Miles Coach Aver, head coach out there, Tom Thanell, offensive coordinator, and Trent Matthews. 5 to 6 o'clock at the Blue Moon downtown tomorrow night. We'll have it here on the radio station uh, before our coverage of college basketball at 6.15. But uh, Greg Winslow will join me for that tomorrow night. They're going to have uh, food and drink specials, all kinds of fun stuff going on for Maverick fans. And that is tomorrow night. We'll have the CMU football signing show from 5 to 6 tomorrow night right here on the Team CMU Sports Network. So make sure you join us. Either listen to us on the radio or join us in person out at the Blue Moon tomorrow night for that. All right, so coming up, as I mentioned, uh, Mike DeGeorge, Taylor Wagner. We'll also have the stay in sports history and some garbage time as well. And we'll give you a chance to get qualified today. We'll draw the winner on Friday, by the way. I believe Max Ryan's going to be filling in on Friday. It's for that uh, the big game table at Buffalo Wild Wings. Your chance to win a table for six and 50 wings. And if you qualify, you get a shareable appetizer from Buffalo Wild Wings for the big game February 12th, which we'll have right here on the team Sports Network Hour 3 coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the team Sports Network.